Howdy gang, welcome to Back Country and Barbells. Today's episode is brought to you, well we're going to put it out there by our guest Jason Phelps today. Awesome. Phelps, um, game calls are some of the best calls in the business. In fact, I sealed the deal on my very first turkey called in by Jeremy Day using a Phelps game call, a turkey hunting call. Um, unbelievable. Thank you, Jason. And um, Jason, thanks for um, coming on the show today. So um, if you guys are listening, head on over to Phelps Game Calls. Check out their stuff. There's um, apparel, calls galore, and um, as you'll see, Jason is a go-getter, and he deserves your business because he works hard to do the best he can um, with his engineering background. Um, I'm sure he's putting a lot of time and thought into what he's doing, and um, having placed an elk call of Jason's in my mouth, um, I can tell you, um, even someone like myself can make the noises. Um, can I bring a cow in? I don't know, but I'm going to be trying um, with a Phelps game call this season. Um, I know it works for the turkeys. Um, I know Jeremy um, went through all the colors, and uh, he loved them. So um, fired up. Jason, thanks a bunch. Guys, check out Phelps Game Calls. And if you do seal the deal, find a way to tell Jason we sent you. And then also, guys, while you're there, um, save a little bit of money on shipping using, um, it's actually free shipping, use code PHELPSSHIP, P-H-E-L-P-S-S-H-I-P. Do that at checkout, and you get free shipping. The other thing, guys, the show, the, the, the genesis behind the show is actually the Send a Vet Foundation. Uh, Send a Vet is an organization focused on sending our nation's combat injured soldiers on hunting, fishing, and other outdoor adventures throughout the Pacific Northwest and the world. In fact, I was at the auction just this past Saturday, and they were auctioning off a pretty rad trip to... Africa. Guys, the Cinevet auction was um, really an unbelievable time. It was great to mingle with the vets they're supporting. It was great to see all the sponsors in action. I know I, um, I'm i proud to say I had a part in raising um, over $1,600 um, for the auction with um, procuring um, equipment from PR Lifting, another show sponsor we'll talk about in a moment. Um, we actually got some really cool um, longhorn jewelry from our friends over at Easton Jane over in um, Montana. That jewelry went for a couple hundred bucks. And then also, guys, you know, I ran around uh, selling beads for the Heads and Tails game. And even that alone um, raised a big chunk of change. It was, a, it was a great time, great food, great fun, great mission. Um, if you missed the auction and you'd like to support Send a Vet, head on over to sendavet.org. That is S-E-N-D hyphen A hyphen Vet V. I think right now everyone's getting ready for the big um, spring bear hunt that they pull over at the cabin um, in Idaho. So if you have a vet who needs to get out there, um, if you'd like to find a way to support the mission, please contact Send a Vet. Contact us, please, um, and you can find out more information about Send a Vet over at the... ...made a really stout um, barbell uh, plate set and uh, barbell... Uh, Awesome. It, it was a big hit at the auction. Got lots of attention. Anthony, I'm hoping the locals dig your gear because we know PR Lifting is supplying quality gear to the Pacific Northwest. Yes, they will ship everywhere. Please, guys, check out their stuff. It's the best quality you're going to find. But if you do live between that Everett, Portland corridor of I-5 here in the Pacific Northwest, I've been a part of it, but mention it, guys, you will get free shipping. I've had as little as one single kettlebell dropped on my doorstep free of charge by the guys at P 
are lifting. So please, guys, check those out. Built Tough for the toughest competitors. Guys, today's episode features, as mentioned at the top, Jason Phelps of Phelps Game Calls. We learned a lot about starting a business, managing your time, getting your kids in the woods, and we talked turkey hunting for you last chancers out there. So enjoy the show, guys. Remember, hopefully we're doing our best to get you to train, hunt, and live. And if any way this show does not live up to that standard, please let us know. We'll fix it. But if it does, please let us know by um, reviewing it, passing along, and sharing it with your hunting partners. Guys, hope you enjoy. Country and Barbells, Joe Shamanic, Jeremy Day, first, first, um, first guest on the show, uh, a big one too, a little big, real big is one. That, is that a is that a joke about my size? No, well, oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, I did have a joke because I was going to say if you notice, um, our mics are bigger than yours. <laughs> we did that on purpose because uh, yeah. you're bigger than us both. But to be honest, it's a it's a cool topic because it's as big as you are. You're a lot smaller than you were, right? But. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's a keto thing. It's a training thing. Uh, just to get people going and getting your life in order has has the has the reduction in, in size and change in body composition. Has, has that been a big big help for you? It has. Um, and and even though and I'll rewind a little bit. I've always been big but athletic. Um, you yeah. know my whole my whole life I've been able to be a big guy, um, but still very do well whatever I wanted to. But yeah, it's it's definitely way better. Um, awesome. You know less you know, less winded, more comfortable. You know, and, and uh, energy level probably up quite yeah, a bit yeah. more too. It's, and it's a weird energy, and and, and uh, I don't claim to know everything about it or, or get into it, but it's more of a sustained. Like mental focus is better. Um, I won't say there's the highs and the lows on the energy, but it's just kind of a, a good level all the way through. And was it a, was it a hard track to stay mentally focused on staying on the program? Extremely easy. Um, you know, I, anytime I talk about keto, I forgot to kind of give the disclaimer. I don't necessarily claim that this is the most health, you know, the most healthy diet. I don't claim that this is the best diet for everybody. Um, so I, I want to throw that out there. I, I'm very careful that you know there's there's people that know a lot more about this, but it was very effective for me. And back to your your answer, it was very very easy for me, almost effortless to lose the weight, and I was very comfortable, never hungry, um, as I did this. Um, I've tinkered on keto a bit, and I'm a high fat, high protein guy. I love it, and I don't get hungry. Like I, I almost feel like I have to force myself to eat, and, and weight management's not been an issue. And I don't know. I think when you get that right mix, it's a it's a great way to go if you can ease into it. But like other, like anything else, it's a big change. with keto, like you can't just switch that and think the energy systems are going to be great if you're not kind of fat and protein adapted. I think the big th- folks might not be who aren't into keto. I guess would be hard gainers on it if they can't get the energy systems to kind of be firing on it. So yeah. like anything else, being in keto even takes practice if yeah. you're not suited to it. Yeah, and that ad- yeah. that ad- adaptation to it was a, I, I was fortunate. I didn't get all the issues that a lot of people do. Um, no keto adapt- flu. Yeah, no flu, a little up. bit of headaches here and there. Um, one thing I did notice um, was that I was in the gym. My strength just went to nothing. Okay. Um, about four or five months into keto, like what in the heck? My numbers are going backwards. I'm in here just, you know, hammering out squats, lunges, you know, deadlift, everything's going backwards or staying the same. I'm like, this is so frustrating. Um, did a little more research, you know, podcast. I'm not an expert. I can sure. read and that's pretty much what I'm going off of. And I did switch to the carnivore um, in the middle, which, you know, some people will really Just go meat. It's straight yeah. red meat and water. Um, you know, what pretty fatty. Ribeyes? Basically ribeyes. Yeah, so even with that, though, you're getting a 
a good bit of fat. Yeah, and I stayed yeah, in yeah. ketosis, but a lot lower level, like the, the strips were lighter pink. Got it, cool. Um, but I felt amazing, and then the strength all came right back. Well, sweet. Um, well, we jumped right into all a topic. Yeah, I don't even know if yeah. we did a formal introduction, <laughs> yeah, which no. means we got something to go. But, but uh, uh, Jeremy brought up to you uh, before, but Jason Phelps, um, Phelps Game Calls, uh, we are hunting around some of your up spots or where you came up, which is kind of neat. But uh, even before we get started, I think what is awesome is in hunting and, and Americans kind of niching down, um, what you're doing and being entrepreneurial and, and bringing manufacturing and, and doing stuff, I just want to give you a tip of the cap to even that. I think it's really cool that small business is thriving and, and your, yours is, is doing something in that regard. But um, Yeah, and a lot of the um, shows you watch on YouTube, the, a lot of those guys are carrying a Phelps <laughs> bugle tube, yeah. which is a grunt tube, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah, it's, it's been, it means it's you're doing a, a good fun, job. It's been a fun trip, um, yeah. you know, and hopefully it's just the tip of the iceberg. Do you see guys in the woods with your stuff and you're like, oh, that's mine? It is. It, it, <laughs> it, gets, a little weird. it, it gets a little weird, awkward. You know, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to be on the Born and Raised um, series. Right. Cool. And uh, I think we ran into either 12 guys or 12 groups. I can't remember. There was there was multiple people, but we did not run into one group in Colorado that did not know who the whole group was, where nice. we lived, what we're doing. Cool. <laughs> it's a little weird, but it's awesome at the same point yeah. that you're having that impact and it's positive and these people are out there doing it, you know. Right. And that's got to be rewarding. It is, it know, is. And especially because it's a lot of hard work to become an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. It's not like you just go, I'm going to start making these things. There's the business plans. There's, yep. you know, you're marketing. There's all these other aspects to make it successful. Yeah. And to be honest, one of the things that goes completely unnoticed, um, I get just as much satisfaction. Yeah, there's a social media side. Like you said, there's guys on YouTube using your stuff. I take just as much pride in the one person that hardly has any social media following or an email that said, hey, I went to your seminar or I took some advice from you on email and bought this call um, and was able to kill my first bull after 10 years or 12 years. Nobody ever gets to hear that story except for I'm, you know, I'm letting you know now. But it's some yeah. of that stuff that like doesn't never get publicized that I, I take just as much pride in, than, you know, the, uh, the, the YouTube guys using stuff or, or whatnot. So I, I love that part of it. Well, cool. We'll fire it up. Well, so you know a little bit what we do on uh, Backcountry and Barbells. You know, we have this thought of like train, hunt, and live. Yep. And all this should add up to giving you your best life possible. So it might be cool to just walk away with a, a tip or two for folks, you know, on either side of that. Maybe we give them the first one ever. Uh, just get, get some sort of diet plan in order. I mean, for, for a new guy getting into hunting, you know, outside of training and hunting, just living their life with hunting – in mind and being successful at it. I mean, how do you go about doing that? Because you're obviously busy. You got a lot going on, right? How do you squeeze it in? Yeah, it's, for me, it's all about management. Like, you know, I um, and and my wife gets a, a big round of applause for that because she is my yours too. Yes, she <laughs> she is my scheduler. You see what his wife did to him? Yeah, yeah. he got a nice purple um, <laughs> bruise on his lip. Yeah, it's, it's not for my wife. It's for my uh, my jujitsu coach. Actually, <laughs> we were rough, rough to you. No, a lot of management, and we are very, very busy. The business is growing. Um, we, you know, we're at a sport co seminar today. Um, yep. You know, my 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 schedule is very full. She keeps me uh, on track, lets me know where I'm supposed to be and when I'm supposed to be there. Cool. Um, so we, but yeah, I mean, the successful part is just for me, um, and it's not for everybody. I'm completely engulfed in, um, you know, even before I started the company, like I wanted to be successful at elk hunting. And, uh, you know, it, it transitions into life, but my, my approach has always been like full bore into it. Like if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it 100%. 
um, and leave nothing on the table. I want to be the best at everything I do, whether it's you know on the baseball field, on the basketball you know court, if it's you know in the woods. And so I've taken that competitive drive that was instilled in me from my dad and my grandpa instilled it into him. It's just kind of been passed down. We're very competitive people. And, and sometimes competitiveness can be bad, but if you use it for the right reasons, that's just kind of been my driving force. I always want to be the best at everything I do. Yeah, I agree. I think it's important to always give 110% and give it all your effort Dang that you it, can. I said 100%. <laughs> and then you said 110%. I, I, mean, I meant to say 111%. <laughs> 99 can that work sometimes <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I mean, <laughs> I'm a coach so i always tell the kids 110 percent, 110 percent. my i had a coach when i was younger and he was the same thing you know and it always instilled in my mind to you know yeah. be that and i think it's kind of interesting with a lot of athletes that they do tend to have that certain drive or they go the other way right too yeah. they get really lazy or get bummed yeah. out and kind of get on the couch and always thinking yeah. oh, i'm gonna I was once, and now I can't be, but you can be. Yeah. It's something that will get me sometimes is I'm curious to a fault, though. You know, I want to do this, I want to try that. You know, look, you guys are teasing me. I got a on my face. That's just I had to scratch this stupid yeah. jiu-jitsu itch. But now I'm getting obsessed with it. So I yep. think it's also cool to just, you know, follow your obsessions, do your things. But then, then you got to chart out, okay, let's get, let's get some things done, right? Yeah. Um, and you've done a good job, I think, of taking an idea and going from idea fairy to now executing it, yep. which I think is cool. And stalking you on social media, just seeing that you're building a spot, you're getting it going. I just, I think it's, I think it's pretty rad. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's just it's taken a long time. That's um, fortunately for me, I was very, very passionate about it when I when I started. Um, you know, I had. I've always kind of had that entrepreneurial bug where I wanted to, to, you know, before that I was building high performance ATV motors and, and, you know, racing quads and doing some of that stuff and, and thoroughly enjoyed it. But, you know, it wasn't paying the bills and, and me and my wife talked and I spent a lot of money. Your, you know, your buddies want you to work on their stuff for a case of beer, you know. Yeah, and, and you're and too you're nice. Like, you say, yes, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, this isn't working. And so I kind of uh, regrouped and said, you know, what's the one staple in my life? Like it's always been hunting. My family's, you know, ever since I was little, I've, I've hunted and, and did that. Um, and I'm like, you know, let's, let's see what we can do here. And I was always a diehard elk hunter slash caller. Um, and I'm like, let's, let's put my passion there. Um, but it's it's taken a while. I mean, I've been grinding it out for 10 years, and it's just, you know, um, you know, a lot of people could have given up, or I could have. I've I've been there multiple times. Like, man, this just isn't this isn't clicking yet, or I'm just spinning my wheels. I'd rather just spend my you know time with my wife and kids. Mm. And um, you know, now fortunately, it, it'll probably change my life forever now that we're here. Um, but yeah, there's it was just that grind and that passion that's kind of pulled me to this point where there's been many times like. You know, are these 120 hour a weeks, you know, worth it? Right. Well, I love hearing 10 years. I mean, put it to it, grind it. Like, yep. do it. Are you willing to eat shit for 10 years? Yeah. I mean, look, and, and, and you got to go through that, which is which is awesome. I mean, even me as a, a new hunter, two years in, trying to fill my first dang tag, but yep. still wanting to do it, right? Yeah. So um, we're working through some of that. So transitioning into hunting a little bit, um, you just did a really cool talk on um, elk, but yep. we are sitting here in Western Washington, and Jeremy and I are gearing up for. Uh, turkey turkey and um, a lot of people want to say that turkey might kind of simulate some elk conditions at least in the aspect that they'll communicate with you which is a lot of fun and um, a a new guy into the sport I'm like okay turkeys um, great eyesight and to me they're tenacious is is there a superpower that I might be missing as a guy who's kind of new to the bird I mean where would you place turkeys in terms of uh, their skill sets they are you mentioned eyesight they're the smartest dumb bird ever (laughs) I like to say (laughs) <laughs> they're the thing is just 
at the time you're not trying to kill them. Yeah. Like, man, these things are dumb. Yeah, they're, get they're out walking, of the road. They're walking down a sidewalk. They're looking at themselves in your polished yeah, yeah. wheel, pecking at. <laughs> they're just they're dumb. But then when you go to try to kill the dang things, you're like so frustrating. And I'm gonna be very very careful and not say it's like hunting elk because yeah. the the diehard elk hunters will come after me. Oh right. But it's, it's very very um, similar. Similar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it is. They, they share a lot of uh, characteristics. Um, we hunt them dang near the same way. I love getting on a ridge and just running ridges. Um, projecting turkey calls locators um, you know whether it's crow whether it's out whatever we're doing turkey we, we hunt them the same way I like to get into a walk in as deep as I can I like to look at my onyx maps and say hey there's probably turkeys here and it's the farthest from a road as I can get let's right. park here and let's go three miles in um, yeah because it's a little harder to hunt a pressured yeah yeah, instead of the turkey. ones that are down in somebody's field in their yard, um, and there's been some turkey hunts that I've actually got excited about out of state where some of these people like horse in to hunt turkeys in some of these spots in Wyoming. Wow. Um, and stuff. So a some, 28 pound bird. Yeah. But, it's, <laughs> but to me, I think that's just the adventure. Like it, yeah. it changes at that point from a, a turkey that people think are in your yard, uh, you know, or your field or the lowlands to a man, you're having to to go in and get these things um you know i don't know if i'd ever horseback in the turkey hunt but i could hike myself into that location the turkey hunt well and what i love about turkey hunting is i always get fired up is that it's like the beginning of the hunting season for me yeah and so it's like okay now we're starting the preparation part it's kind of the trigger that now i got to start really thinking about my training program to get out there and start uh, that training program for hunting elk yep and so it gets me all pumped up and then you know there ain't nothing like calling in a turkey and, yep. and hear that. Yeah, or nothing as frustrating as not calling in a turkey. Yeah, exactly. And what I'm finding is getting ready for turkey season is getting me ready for elk season in the sense that it's getting me to communicate with with my wife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's for turkey season, but we're also doing that for elk. But yeah, uh, right. So I got a question. Um, I've never called turkey, right? I, Jeremy's calling, and when I, I've done turkey hunt in Vermont, too, or my buddy called. Mm-hmm. Let's say I, I'm itching to do some calling, right? Uh diaphragm uh am i going to get a scratch plate wood collar what, what would you do for the new guy who hasn't called before but he's interested in trying ideally and we don't sell uh, we got some some prototype pots and stuff out there some boxes this year we're testing um for a new caller to make turkey sounds that are i would say the pot is definitely going to be your easiest to box okay pot and boxes the one thing kind of going back full circle to uh, turkeys is their dang eyesight Sure. is I would prefer just to do nothing beside you know, a little bit of mouth movement versus trying to run a, right. a paddle mm. or run a, a pot. They're going to pick you out potentially. Sure. Um, so I still think mouth calling is the way to go. Yeah. Um, but the learning curve is going to be a little bit higher, um, you know, especially with, um, I don't know when this is going to air, but, you know, we're, we're probably a, we're a little less than a month away. We're yeah. near, uh, we're 15 days away. Yeah. Um, from from go time you know the, it may take somebody longer than that to learn to, to run a diaphragm but is running the diaphragm for a turkey similar because i've been flirting with cow calling all winter just i keep one in the cup holder in the car and the kids they, they love it so i've been working on a cow call is it, is it similar it is um there's so oh calling on the turkey calling side there's there's a huffer which is kind of an old chest driven style okay. and then there's the new mouth collars that that direct the air a little bit better wow. um so i mean without getting too deep that makes sense to anybody um it is similar um i would say um you know for an elk caller they're gonna like the new thinner thinner type latex the thinner prof calls and then some of the old huffers they use these big heavy calls that some of the new callers mm. like man how the heck do you make a sound <laughs> on this so there's different different types different styles for everybody um, but yeah, if you can run an elk call, um, I, I think turkey calling is a little bit harder if I had to like place them okay. um, to make the variations. Um, but turkey calling, 
and, and I don't want to take away anything from great turkey callers or people that take pride in their turkey calling. I'm like a seven to nine note yelper. Like, yeah, I can do all of the tree talk. I can do all the subtle purrs. I can do the clucks, the cuts, the loud cackles. I can do everything. But when it really comes down to it, um, just like my elk calling, you guys just sat in on that. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty plain Jane and what's effective. Like if I can just do a seven to nine note Yelp on, on 99% of my turkey calling, that's typically what we do. Well, you know, and it's always that simple sales, right? It, it, I'm a sales guy. So we always say the simpler it is, the easier it's to sell. Same thing. You're trying to sell that noise yep. to an elk or a turkey. You just keep it simple. You don't have to get complex. Sometimes when you get too complex, then you're overthinking it. And then you're, you're just trying way too hard and you're not kind of, trusting your natural instinct yeah. and and so i i'm an engineer i mean for anybody that doesn't know i'm an engineer i dissect everything to the point where it's it's not even fun anymore but from my very early hunting trips we used to have we have some of the easterns um in western washington right in my back door i got to play with them a lot when i was younger i got to uh you know i spent a lot of time over east um so i uh you know going over there i just paid attention to everything um, and I'm like, just like elk hunting, why wouldn't I make the sounds that the real turkeys are making 99% of the time, which are yelps? Right. Yeah, they'll do some loud stuff. They'll do some purrs up in the trees. But 99% of the time when they're on the ground and we're trying to call them in, um, we're yelping, you know, and that's that's what I'm hearing. So let's yep. just do what they're doing. Well, even with the conversation going towards just consistency, like, that's the same thing with training. I mean, people with, like, P90X or muscle confusion or CrossFit in this constantly varied situation, but still when it comes down to it, you're squatting, you're pressing, you're pulling, you're picking mm -hmm. stuff up. Can you jump land and, and some things like that? So, you know, get some consistent tricks before you start to new, to learn all the yep. tricks, right? Yep. Like I said, I've, you've always got those in your, you know, your toolbox if needed. Um, you know, like if I'm trying to locate with a tricky call, I'll do some loud, quick cuts, you know, and then I'll get them fired up maybe. And, um, you know, maybe, but it, I try to keep it to that, that, uh, you know, meat and potatoes of the, of calling yeah i'm 100 with you i've been hunting turkey since i think it's been 1997 and those cut to locate yelp to bring them in i mean and it's just that easy mm -hmm. and that's what i hear them do i mean yeah. they're not i mean sometimes you hear them spitting putting i mean all that other stuff but that's usually when they're in a group or they're singled up and they're trying to get to the group. Yep. But we're trying to pull in a tom, not hens. Yeah. Well, hen what, what is that spit putt thing? Because we, I was telling Jeremy the other day, we were at a caribou farm, um, we were in a reindeer farm at, at about in Leaven, Leavenworth, and they had this turkey running around just, patoon, patoon. Yeah. What the hell is that? What so, was he? What's he doing? So it's a spit and drumming. I'm assuming yeah. is what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. So um, spit and drum is when they go to puff up. You'll okay. see them. It's almost like something shocks them, like a, a twitch. They'll twitch up and then they they make that they spit and then they've got that drum, which is basically it's a vibration of them like filling their chest up, uh, you know, okay. puffing up, and they're they're at full strut at that time almost always um, when they spit and drum. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't. This thing was just his head kept changing color. I don't know if you yeah, yeah, too many people. Yeah. There. I was like, my kids, That's what's intense my about kids them. were marvelled at this guy and them. It was. It no, was. It made for interesting reindeer watching. And I I've, the head color thing has always baffled me. I think I've shot half my turkeys, you know, with the white or blue, and then half yeah. of them have been. Red. I mean, it just depends on what state they're in at that time. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's amazing. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. But um. Well, cool. So, aside from turkey behavior, um landing a bird the number one thing a new guy's got to keep in mind if he really wants to do this i mean finding them staying still while they're around calling them in i mean if, if i'm going to focus on one thing one habit that's going to get me closer to filling that turkey tag this year what's it going to be so uh for me um don't go in as soon as it gets dark 
you know, okay. use that last half hour and find birds. Like, and, and this is the most cliche thing ever to say, um, is you can't kill turkey if you're not on turkeys. Um, Agreed. And so <laughs> we didn't, that happened last year to us. Yeah, we couldn't, but, get <laughs> couldn't find one. But this is going to introduce Heard you one. to one of the most frustrating things ever in turkey hunting is, yeah, we are, we found three different birds. We're going to go sit 70 yards away from this tree and I'm never, ever going to have one land in front of me. They're always going to do something different than they did the 10 <laughs> days before. Um, you know, but, but be on birds, be in an area where there's lots of sign. Um, and there's times where, yeah, we can make, you know, like clockwork, that bird's going to be in this area. We can't kill him. But once we screw that bird up or he takes his hens off, I don't have any birds to hunt. So I would rather hunt where there's a higher concentration of birds than the, you know, waste my, and I, I don't, I say waste, you know, lightly, but spend your time and put all your eggs in that one basket on that one bird when, you know, over the hill there's 10 birds in that one little area. And then you have a lot higher possibility. So of find lots of sign and, and, and get into them. And uh, this, this tip hurts. In Washington, okay. not hunting until May is the best tip I can give. Well, we got, our, we've, we've, between, again, a lot of guys that we're talking to on this show are maybe guys who can't look at the whole season and find the best spot. It's, but hey, the wife says you can go this weekend. Yeah. This is when we're going. So we're looking at that first weekend in May. So yep. now, if you hunt my spot, out. you should definitely hunt the first two weeks of April or the, the two weeks it's of opener. Open, but if you're yeah. in somebody else's spot, okay, we'll, go, get that, go, we'll get that off air. <laughs> yeah. We'll get that spot. <laughs> well, that's where Not most of many. my success has been in the first four days of the opener. Yeah. It's always been that. And then, Usually about a month after that, then they start going into a second cycle, I believe, yeah. and then you can get successful. But the last couple of years, I've only been able to go in that first couple of weeks of May, and it is tough. I mean, you oh, can really? get locate. So um, maybe we're different a little bit. I love when, you know, if that Tom's got five or six hens and they all go to lay at the beginning of May. Like if every one of those yeah. hens is bred and they're going to leave them at She's 10. going to be looking, right? If, if they leave them at 10. And uh, I learned this from an older turkey hunter over there is he's like, I'll let all you young guys go hunt the roost. He's like, I'll, I'll eat breakfast and then I'll come out and show you guys how to kill the big birds. Mm. Um, they, you know, at 10 o'clock when that, when the, those hens finally leave, that bird that gobbles at 10 or 11 is usually easier, a lot easier to kill. Yeah. He, he's not, he doesn't have anything to break away from where I spend more time frustrated turkey hunting than I do with success <laughs> because you just cannot peel those things away or you're shadowing them or you're following them or you're like, come on guy. And, uh, you know, it's either you're going to call the whole flock in or you're not going to call him in. It seems like sometimes um, we're like early May, sometimes we can get those things to break off and start having better success killing those three-year-old yeah, birds. we had one talking to us last year. But we, we had could, one talking. We couldn't really get on it. I mean, but it's not like previous years. And it, it might have been just the last couple of years have been tough in that particular region that we hunt. But, yeah, it's been a, it, it's been a humbling last two years is what it's been. Like you said, and it is so frustrating. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that might frustrate us is, you know, we're going at it with archery gear. Is there, is there anything else? Is, I mean, anything different? I mean, obviously, archery is just going to be a little harder. you got you got to get them a little closer, a little bit more accurate. The, the shot's got to be different. Placement matters. Things just matter more yeah. with archery in general. But um, we're decoyless, um, and we're out there without blinds i mean we're going to be setting things up and just moving around so for for a guy who's just looking to cover ground and still get that kind of backcountry experience and do it archery wise i mean uh, we're stacking a lot of cards against us yeah. right so uh, what's another one that could put the thing could put the odds in our favor yeah so just what you had said i mean especially you know blindless doing it you know off the ground which yeah. is is a tough feat and and i i hang my hat you know or tip my hat to you guys um I would maybe. Do you tip think it about, or you're like, what are you doing? I would. No, I mean, I, I'm all Why for it. Why make it hard? And uh, you know, I just, I maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should enjoy the adventure more. But I'm yep. like, dang, I'm driving six hours to hunt 
Yeah. 20 pound birds yeah. and it yeah. cost me a lot of gas you know so I'm like I'm going with a shotgun <laughs> I hear you. Um, so maybe I should enjoy the adventure more but you know if you guys have the ability to throw turkey decoys in because we've seen them I don't even know if my calling is good at all but you've seen them like catch sight of those decoys and they just sprint mm. yeah. you know the whole group or okay. and, like if it works that good at this time even the ones that are a little more curious if they see that decoy maybe it just makes them comfortable um, you know and um, you know, decoys have to give it a may, try may, may. I have never had luck with decoys and we've talked about this before i for some reason i just never have it's like they always hang up and they're staring at it yeah. and that decoy's not moving or whatever and, and maybe i'm just lousy at setting up decoys and i just put them in crappy spots yeah. right no but, i don't i don't know i one of my one of the other turkey hunt mentors that i've had he actually carries a stuffer decoy with him it's a true hand decoy that they shot in the fall and he had it oh, taxidermied oh. He packs this stupid hen turkey around with us everywhere. <laughs> um, but, but when you saw the reaction of some of the birds, we had birds fly across a drainage to get to that decoy when they had seen I'll it. Be darn. So the, um, the I mean, the decoy matters rather than putting I a think, pillowcase well, on a. On I don't know if it matters all the time, but it mattered to know. I mean, it definitely worked in certain situations. We've had birds break, see those decoys, and you know that tom will break mm. off from his group and just wow. fly right in. Cool. We're uh, coming up on about 25 minutes with you. You know, you're traveling, did a seminar. But uh, one last question. You alluded to just times being tough in Washington and, and whatnot. And to be honest, is only I've only been in Washington for going on my second year. Um, I don't know if the hunters in Washington really look at Washington as a great place to hunt. And, and even um, I was up at the Meat Eater podcast recording in Seattle uh, a couple weeks ago. And, and even there, there was like the sediment that... People from Washington like to go to other places. Mm -hmm. And I think even with you now, you're kind of sowing roads in other places. So what, what's going on in Washington? Is it just a hard place to go? Is it politics? Is it It's the management? population versus area is okay. really what it boils down to. There's so many people that hunt in Washington versus the amount of game and the amount of, the amount of area that we got. It's, it's, and this is just my observation. Um, it's, it's pretty crowded. You know, okay. overcrowding is mm -hmm. an issue. Um, a lot of private land. Um, on the west side at least which where 90 percent of us live um it's the quality of animals isn't comparable to a lot of states the opportunity okay. isn't quite there there's still some very hidden gyms um you know very very good spots to hunt there's some quality yeah. animals still we'll talk after year. right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, 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 <laughs> we'll get on on x after this and uh, there's still some really good hunting here it's just you know it may require a tag or it requires a whole lot of effort that some of the other states don't um, and so when you're you're looking at the overall quality, it's not quite there. But if it is in your backyard and it's the only opportunity, by all means, I would still elect to hunt here. I'm yeah. I'm kind of wrapped up in this dang draw game where I've got enough points that I don't want to hunt. I want to draw out in eastern Washington. So if I don't draw, then I don't really want to go hunt spikes. I'd rather go to Idaho. You know, and so there's yeah. there's stuff that's just kind of getting in the way. Um, my boy wants to start hunting this year, and so I think we might come back and do a bear hunt just to just to expose him and get him out in there. So that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I know with me, maybe I got a tin cup thing in me. Like again, we alluded to it, the turkey hunt, wanting to do it the hard way. But the more people that tell me it's going to be hard to get the first critter down in Washington, I'm like, well, that's why I want to do more it there. To, yeah. so, so even in that regard, it's interesting. Um, well, so kiddos, they, yeah. you love bringing them into it, huh? I yeah. Mean, that's yeah. gotta be awesome. To I've see. let them do it at their own pace. Um, you know, thinking who I am and me and my wife talked to uh, at their young age like we're not going to pressure them into anything they're you know they're amazing elk callers like because they, they've had to hear me their whole life they do it with their natural awesome. voice and i've always wanted to get them to go to the elk calling championships and they just they're not interested in like, all right we're not going to pressure them into doing it um even though you know they're comparable with some of the youth they're peewee world champs right now like, i think they compete 
Um, so we've just let them come in do it at their own Sweet. level. We've kind of monitored their maturity. Like, are they ready for yeah. it? Because Washington State is, I believe, the only state that lets them hunt before 12. I, yeah, um, I, every I, other state oh, does, really? doesn't even let kids hunt until they're 12. So this is a pretty unique opportunity that we have here um, that they can start hunting when they're able to pass the test. Get them in um, early. Yeah. Um, so he's finally, he, my boy's nine, he's finally getting to the point where he's interested in, and so I just let him kind of do it at his own his own pace and not my pace. Yeah, see, I took, I so I have a 21-year-old son, my son Joey. He I took him when he was younger, and when he, he came to age that he could hunt, he was like, I don't want to hunt. I was way too serious. Yeah. I was out there, the sticks were being broken, you know, shh, quiet. You know, I didn't take the time to really enjoy the outdoors with my son and i feel bad because um you know he's missed out all these years but he did finally come to me this year and i think i shed a couple tears and he said dad i want to start hunting Perfect. so yeah it was awesome too because i was on that hunt and we put a, a blacktail down and we're about to start butchering her up and uh, uh your son joey was like dad can i do it and it was a great little moment so <laughs> that's it, awesome it, it was fun man so it was, yeah. it was cool awesome. to it was cool to be a part of that well it's good that you're letting yeah. your little ones you know make the decision and say yeah. it's their time because yeah because in my position it's just so easy to probably force it on them or force yeah. them into this and yeah. it's you know and you're um, excited and passionate about yeah, it like you said yeah. and so i try to separate you know raising my kids versus what i do as a profession what my passions are and so i'm trying to like it's it's tough yeah. to draw that fine line but i'm trying to keep a line there well a trick i've implemented is uh you know i mean crossfit weightlifting that stuff we just i have the home gym so we just scattered around and it's toys to them yeah that's what it is it's just it's stuff that's around it's not a big deal of it but um when my kids get excited about stuff i try to match their excitement and just support them in what they're at but um well this uh this has been exciting for us man this is a kind of impromptu little thing and uh yeah, we got we got 30 good minutes with you, Jason. Perfect. No, I appreciate and, uh, you guys having me. Thanks yeah, for no, up. we really are yeah. thankful for you. But uh, we took your time, so we'll give you a moment here. Um, if folks want to find you, get your calls, pick up your next seminar. I mean, where's the best place to get I mean, hold we're, of you? We're active on social media. Um, you know, our Phelps Game Calls page, my personal page, Instagram uh, at Phelps Game Calls. Uh, you know, the web the website's probably the best spot if you're looking to buy calls cool. uh, www.phelpsgamecalls.com do people say www still i don't i guess yeah. not okay. they just threw me into the bus phelpsgamecalls.com okay i think i say it sometimes no. we work it out i always say <laughs> it so i'm with you phil sound like a dummy <laughs> you say www no <laughs> no and we're, we're fully available i try to be as active i'm still the guy answering emails i'm still the guy answering awesome. your, your messages on um so you know, I, we get phone calls and people are like, man, I didn't expect you to answer the phone. I'm like, well, it's, I don't ever want to get, you know, to the point where I, I don't know what questions are coming in or how to answer. Right. So we, I try to stay fully involved. We'll, we'll get to the point where I'm not going to be able to do it all the time. But um, for now, I try to stay fully involved, answer your questions and get you set up. Well, I can attest to it. We're here because I, uh, I used the power of the DM. Yep. And yep. Uh, it got us here. And um, we'll fire it up, man. Um, Jeremy, good times. We uh, think. Absolutely. I think we gave him something to... Uh, they're gonna train. They're gonna hunt, and they're gonna live. Live. You want? You got train, hunt, live. Train, hunt, live. There you go. I got it now. You got it. Little pop quiz. That was Jason Phelps of Phelps Game Calls. Be sure to head over to his website if you're looking for a turkey call, elk call, apparel, anything. Check him out. He's got a cool thing going on with um some new folks in the fold over there so be sure to check that out guys also prlifting.com the suppliers of quality fitness gear especially to those in the pacific north 
West. And lastly, guys, please support the Sendivet Foundation. Head on over to send-a-vet.org, sendivet.org, and support a great cause. Um, Our wounded warriors need your help. Until the next one, guys, have a great one, and train, hunt, and live.